This episode may contain strong language, nudity, and dated pop culture references. Parental discretion is advised. From the forbidden corner of Meltdown Comics, it's two packs a week with me, Jeffrey Golden. Hello and welcome to Two Packs a Week, the trading card comedy show. Each week I open up weird, retro, bangerangin' trading cards with a funny friend of mine. And this week he is a podcast host and producer. You can hear him on the Meltcast on the Meltdown Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Aristotle Acevedo. Hello. Aristotle. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. I genuinely love the show. Ah, what? I love your show, Ah, The Meltcast. How are Uh, you guys doing? We're doing fine, reviewing books every week, working on guests. You're working on them? Working on them. Working out with guests? We exercise with the guest, we ask them to leave, and then we record the episode. Well, listen, you're a (laughs) comics guy. You're big into comics. We've got some comics-related trading cards. The theme of today's trading cards is trading cards that I had lying around the house, (laughs) but also the kids. For example, we have hook trading cards from Tops, eight glossy movie cards, and one sticker, just one. Who's going to get that sticker? It's a good question. (laughs) So those are like the Lost Boys, right? We've got those kids there. But on the other side of the spectrum... Comics Future Stars, 1993. These are the (laughs) up-and-comers in the world of comics from 1993. So I think we're going to have fun seeing how many of these people were, in fact, future stars here in the year 2016. Who up and came. (laughs) Thank you. Up and camers. Guest always picks Aristotle. Which would you like, Hook or Comics Future Stars? I would like Hook. Yeah. Bang-a-rang. Rufio. Rufio. All right, I'll uh, kick us off here by opening up Comics Future Stars. So let's see what we have here. First one, he's a frowning superhero in green spandex with a yellow cape and a gun. He's got a gun. Maybe a laser gun of some kind. It looks kind of futuristic. And he is definitely scowling. I'm going to guess that this hero's name is The Scowler. (laughs) Let's see if I'm right. Codename Jericho. <laughs> no, I was wrong. Let's see, by Rick Forgus. Unbeknownst to his wife and children, Aaron Ray was a masked operative during the final years of the Nixon administration. Do you think he goes by the full codename Jericho every like, time or just Jericho? Hey, look, it's codename Jericho. <laughs> or do they just yell at Jericho? Also, if your superhero name is codename Jericho, you're sort of blowing the espionage element of a codename. What do you got? I kind of want to talk about this one particularly messed up character. I want to hear about him. He looks like a rock species kind of guy. Sort of a thing-esque sort of, kind like of Like a thing, character. but more human than a thing. But he's got these three... I just want to call them rocks. I'm not sure. Sticking out of his back. For a minute, I thought you were going to say out of his crotch. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got scoliosis. He's, uh, what he's, do they he's check got a for pretty and... severe case of scoliosis. He also has what looks uh, like an ice hand or yeah, a water hand. Like It looks like he's either taking control or being taken over by like the Silver Surfer Terminator 2 
kind of liquidy yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he looks like maybe a future elf. I'm going to guess his name is Future Elf. And his name He's is... He's got the pointy ears. I'm sure I'm right. Future Elf? Is it Future Elf? Close. Okay. It's Stage. Stage. <laughs> stage? One of the last eight remaining three spirits, Stage has allowed itself, being neither male or female, contact with humanity and the inevitable exposure by the media, which is currently... <laughs> Entranced with the existence of paranormals. Who would want to put a camera on that? It's not a photogenic monster. Not photogenic, but I can imagine it being like a big the story. chupacabra. Wait, right. this chupacabra just wants to be in the camera. Oh, who was the future star who drew? This one was Rick Forgus, the codename Jericho. Who created that character? C. Michael Patrick. C. Michael Patrick. Okay. So far, I'm not recognizing any of these, these yeah. names yet. But we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? We may run into one. Okay, I've got one that's pretty great. All right, so you're familiar with Catwoman. Yes. I'm going to guess this is a cat man. He's got like a fur costume. He's sort of crouched over in a Spider-Man-esque pose with his clawed hand reaching out. And he's got sort of a leopard mask situation. I'm going to guess his name is Cat Scratch Fever. <laughs> Let's see if I'm right. Feral. Feral. That's a good one, though. Are you familiar with Feral? Do you <laughs> no, know no, this guy? No, but I'm like, that's a, that's a good, it's good it's name. It's better than code name uh, Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, Feral certainly makes sense. He kind of also looks like maybe he's going to like a furry thing. He's, he's cosplaying. A little bit of cosplay. <laughs> Let's see. A savage and unpredictable mystery. Feral wanders the night streets. A misty panther. <laughs> misty panther defending the invisible and wretched who have fallen through society's cracks. The origin of this character, he should have been like a male stripper who went by the name of Misty, misty. Panther. <laughs> misty Panther. Comes out just a little bit wet. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he dumps a bucket of water on himself before going on. I was working out back there. <laughs> well, on this card, I've got your classic looking buff guy. Classic buffo. Uh, short hair, ponytail, ripped up cape with metal legs, <laughs> but he's like 90, fighting a dragon. Okay, well, great. This is 93, so metal legs are a given. Yeah. You're going to have some kind of techno leg situation. <laughs> okay, let me try to guess the name, because you already looked at the back, so let me try to guess the name of the of the character. I'm going to call him... Sir Dinks-a-Lot. <laughs> I have to admit, I chose this card because of his name. Okay, great. And his name yes. is Thunder God. Thunder God. Yeah. Thunder God fighting Plain the dragons. simple. <laughs> fighting those dragons. If you're a Thunder God, who drew or created a Thunder God here? Uh, John Statema? Statema? No, I'll admit, 93 is like when I stopped reading monthly comics like regularly. I read more indie comics and zines and stuff like that now. But you've stayed in the mix, so you haven't heard of any of these people, right? Like uh, none of these people are... So far, I've heard of none of them, but I also have to admit, in 93, I was one. What? I have not, like, we're one years old to, Shit. to where this might be. Shit. Well, with the beard, I thought you were older. I get that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you look mature for your age. I try. All right, baby face. <laughs> what can you tell us about... Wait, I, I thought it was Sir Dinks a lot. I got that in my head. What was his name we again? We can call him Sir Dinks a lot. But what was his name? Thunder God? Thunder God, Thunder God. Okay, great. Thunder uh, God. 
After almost eight centuries, the god of thunder has escaped from a nihilistic hell deep within the bowels of the earth. A literal twilight for the gods, it is where all ancient deities went when the fervent beliefs that supported their lives waned and became myth. He came from, from hell. Do you think he knows Spawn? You think they're good friends? That'd be pretty cool. I'm sure at some I, point they must have had a crossover. Listen, I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, hey, you're from hell. Like, you must know my friend Spawn. <laughs> but still, they're two, like, super-powered <laughs> characters in hell. Yeah, you think they might run into each other at some point. I just thought it was, like, so funny that his <laughs> name is Thunder God, but they're just, like, completely avoiding the name Thor. Yes, like they are, as much as possible. They've gotten everything else. <laughs> right. It's just the name Thor. Okay. That <laughs> Well, let's see. It looks like I've got another beast man here. This is more, I would say, a lizardy dinosaur gorilla guy. He's like purple with huge jack muscles, claws. He's got like a tail and he's got spiked hair like an anime character. You want to guess what this character's name is? I want to say something like Hellspawn. Hellspawn is a good guess. Delego. <laughs> Delego. Man. It sounds like a foreign car. <laughs> Are you driving a Delego? Like, yeah. I got the new 93 Delego. <laughs> Delego was a tyrant in Dimension 73 until a revolt brought down his government. In the fracas, a criminal from Dimension 92 appeared and Delego took his vehicle. I kind of like the idea that these guys know the numbers of every dimension. <laughs> It's like, hey, you want to go to Dimension 173 for a cool weekend? It's like, ah, oh, no, I'm sorry. I got to go to work at Dimension 17. How do they settle on the numbers? No, we're Dimension number one. You're Dimension number <laughs> two. If we, as Earth people, discovered alternate dimensions, we would definitely pick Dimension number one. Yeah. Like, there's no way we would be, like, like no, settled for dimensions. No, you're the of what we are. <laughs> and, then, and then there'd just be war. <laughs> what do you got? I want to talk about this guy. Yellow spandexy type suit, but his hands are like covered in gadgets. And the way that they're posed, it's kind of <laughs> Edward Gadget hands. Ed- Edward Gadget hands <laughs> looks okay. like he's probably very small or works on a molecular level, but is also probably a technopath. Do you want to <laughs> guess his name? Molecular Package. This <laughs> is his name, Molecular Package. It is Volt. Volt! The Chevy Volt. That's another (laughs) car-related superhero. Man. What if they made a Superman car just called the Ford Superman? (laughs) I could see that happening. You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. There was a bit Pat Oswalt did about drinking wine. He was like, I would buy any wine that had Dr. Doom on the bottle. (laughs) I feel the same way about cars. You could definitely put me over on a car if you called it the Beastmaster. (laughs) Like, call it something crazy and put, like, crazy lights on it and stuff. Volt was created by Al Bigley. You're in the Bigley's now, as I like to say. You're in the big leaves now. I saved the best for last. So this dude, he is almost entirely naked, except for a long loincloth. It's green and scaly like a dragon. And his hair is like super wild. And he's got, again, no pupils, all red. And he's got like a, I'm going to call it a dragon gem on his forehead. And he looks crazy. 
Want to take a guess? This one, I think you actually might be able to guess the name of this character. Uh, Just by describing what you see, I think you might actually... And there's a giant dragon behind him. The dragon looks like... It's very Dragon Ball. Yeah, it's super Uh, Dragon Ball-y. I guess Dragon Master? That's pretty close. Dragon Head. Dragon Head. And it's by Dale Barry. Dale Barry is Caucasian. So it's sure to be culturally sensitive. (laughs) Let's throw our cell phones away and go to Neverland, meet up with the Lost Boys, Wendy, Peter, others, Michael. (laughs) The old familiar face of Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Oh, say R.I.P. All right, why don't you open up? I first want to say that I love this sound. I know. Isn't it great? I feel like it might drive some people nuts, but I I love it so that much. That satisfying crinkle. Yes. That crinkle. All right. I'm opening. I'm opening. I'm having a hard time opening. You, I believe in you. I'm scared of, like, messing up the cards. No, you're not going to mess up these oh. cards. Yeah, you did it. I'm open. You did it, man. You did it. <laughs> oh. Boo. These screen caps are definitely bringing back memories. I'll start off with this one scene that I don't, I don't particularly remember. Miscellaneous pirates on the ship, and one of them has like that funny like, oh no, kind of look on him. <laughs> oh, Peter threw a pie at my crotch. He, well, he has like food on his face. There you go. But, uh, and the, the little caption is slashing and bashing. The pirates close in on Peter. Blades clash. Ban takes them all on. Using his sword and dagger with stunning skill, Hook fixes his sword and limbers up, even as Peter's children react to the situation. <laughs> like you read it as like a sportscaster who's just <laughs> trying to get out of there. Oh, and he scores another basketball, and I've got to get going. <laughs> See you later, NBC. <laughs> well, I was trying to like make it do like action-y, quickly, like action-y. I'll try one. Let's see if I can make this one seem action-y. This is a trading card for Peter Pan the play, which they go and see in Hook. They go and see the play Peter Pan, and it's two child actors. Wendy is on the floor, and Peter is on the bed, and they look like adorable little kids. Okay. Peter Pan the play. The story of Peter Pan, that feisty little boy who soars through the sky and battles wicked pirates, has been cherished by children since it was originally written three quarters of a century ago. Every year, there's a new Peter Pan movie, I feel like, these days. It happens too often. Though, Uh as a child, I remember being in a movie theater and seeing the poster for Pan's Labyrinth. I didn't know what the did movie you, was, but I was like... Did you go expecting a Peter Pan story? I didn't even, I didn't even go see it, because I was like, a Pan movie without Peter Pan? Uh. That's dumb. <laughs> That's totally effed up. Yeah, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> I just like the idea that you'd go to see Pan's Labyrinth expecting Peter Pan, and you would be horrified <laughs> by that film. Here we go. This is Rufio's Pledge. Here is Lost Boy Rufio kneeling before Peter Pan with his sword outstretched as if to say, I pledge my loyalty to you. You are the pan. You are the pan. That's right. Pan man. The lost boys jump and leap for Peter Pan's attention when suddenly Rufio's deafening battle cry is heard. Frightened, the boys gather behind Pan, leaving him open to attack. But instead, Rufio falls to his knees and offers Peter the pan sword. You can fly. You can fly. You can... With that... Peter crows loudly, his transformation. 
is now complete. <laughs> of course, we don't see the transformation. Peter Pan, like, like becoming now Pan. He is Pan. Now he is Pan. But eh, what are you going to do? Mm. Can't make a trading card out of everything. Kids love <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> Have you seen him recently? Have I seen Rufio recently? Like the actor that plays Rufio? No. What's he going looks on? looks exactly the same. That's cool. It's so just... he was a lost boy. Yeah, he has subtly aged. He should be much older. Well, there are those people who just, they don't age like normal yeah. humans do. They're like wolverines. <laughs> They've got the healing powers that keep them looking young. That would actually be an interesting X-Men comic. Some evil scientist or whatever kidnaps Wolverine to synthesize his healing power as a mass-produced beauty product. You're just buying, like, creams of his blood. <laughs> yeah, creams <laughs> Wolverine blood. Get on that, Marvel. <laughs> Give me a call, we'll talk. My next chord, swooping down to danger. It's a fully transformed pan. I think he's flying, like he's mid-flight. Hopefully. God, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding his sword, like, flying towards Hook, who is pointing his sword out to him. A confused Jack hurries to Captain Hook, pointing at the beam shadow. What's that? The alarm boy asks. Peter Pan, the Avenger, <laughs> is transformed, Dad's reply. Peter leaps from the cutout, slides down the sunbeam, and lands on the deck in front of his nemesis. Who would be better on the Avengers, Peter Pan or Hawkeye? Um, Who would you rather have? I mean, realistically, I feel like... Hawkeye can definitely kill a person. You don't think Peter Pan would kill a pirate? All the adaptations we've seen, I don't know if he actually has murdered. But on the other hand, I feel like in quote-unquote real life, Peter Pan probably would have murdered a pirate. Children are point. ruthless. That's a good point. They're or in ruthless, maybe though. Murdered and not even like considered what he had done. So our producer, Engineer Mason, says that in the original book, Peter Pan was a sociopath who would murder and kill without a moment's hesitation. So I think he would be pretty good on the Avengers. Peter Pan says to die would be a great adventure. This is a guy you don't want to mess with. Well, but knowing all this now, I feel like he would make a better villain to the Avengers than an Avenger himself. It should be like him and Punisher. You know what I mean? And imagine it being a lot like Deadpool and Cable. That's that perfect mashup. It's the new Deadpool Cable. <laughs> Peter, Peter Pan, Pan and Punisher. Peter Pan Punisher. <laughs> they already teamed with Archie. Peter Pan isn't that much crazier. The final card I have, to crow or not to crow, and it's Rufio holding up a sword to a captured Peter Pan to his neck. So this is old Peter with his glasses. Mm. What a dweeb. <laughs> um, loser. What a loser. Rufio agrees to instruct Peter in the fine art of dueling, which Tink hopes and expects will trigger Peter's memory and restore his fighting skills. All Rufio succeeds in doing is embarrassing Peter once again, bringing his pants down to his ankles with a few fleeting flashes of his sword. Rufio. 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 You know what? I was kind of hoping there would be a card of the food. Yes. In the hook. Oh my God. Yes. When you started the last card, I was like, I hope it's the food. The, the, the yeah. Food. Yeah. That was the best part as a child. It was All the, I wanted was whatever they were eating. It was the best, and now as an adult, it is terrifying. It was bright neon food. It probably was super gross. It looks delicious. The day or two after Robin Williams had died, I felt the need to rewatch it. 
And in that scene, I'm pretty sure it's all icing. It's, yeah, I'll buy that. It's turkey just covered in frosting. But just like the whole event of that, of like them scooping it with their hands, the bright blue and pink and the wooden bowls. It's certainly very memorable. Yeah. Speaking of banquets, you might say that the Meltcast is a banquet of nerd news and opinion. You could say that. Should I say uh, that? Uh, yeah. Great, because I just did, so that's all right, good. perfect, perfect. <laughs> I wish we had the colorful icing bowls, but I'm fine without it. <laughs> What's your favorite recent episode of Meltcast, which I would describe as Meltdown Comics' flagship show? Mm-hmm. What would be a good episode to jump in on? I want to say the two that definitely stick out the most are interview with Grant Morrison. Well, yeah. And or the interview with Craig Thompson. How was it talking <sighs> with Grant Morrison? Extremely intimidating. I believe yeah. it. Is he just staring through you into another plane? Yes, but in a lot of they're like, come on, you, should, you gotta there, be here too. Are there tiny <laughs> universes in his eyes? Oh, man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. Tell what, us your secrets. Yeah, what do you know that we don't know, asshole? <laughs> Stop holding out on us with your filth comics. Just get right down to it. What's the meaning of existence? He actually gave me, like, the best advice. You dance with the universe, the universe will dance back. Ooh. And uh, it's helped me with the few pickles. And you can get that on iTunes. iTunes. Meltcast. At, or Meltcast 3.0. Trade. All right, well, let's dial into some trades here. All right. All right. I also didn't mention the sticker. It came with the Tinkerbell sticker. Oh, hey, look at that. No, is that an illustrated? Looks like it might be illustrated. It's illustrated, but it's But it looks still, like Julia Roberts. Yeah. It's still definitely Julia Roberts. <laughs> Although there's a little mini Tinkerbell in the corner that could be just a Tinkerbell. So I'm definitely not trading for the sticker. I just found out recently that the stickers do not stick anymore. <laughs> I have this folder where I keep one card from every show as a memento. I wanted to put a bunch of stickers on it, and all the stickers like fell <laughs> off. In paper. Yeah, they're basically paper. <laughs> Are there any of my superheroes from the future, 1997, that you would like to get your hands on here? Uh, I'll trade you this Hellspawn-looking character for Rufio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. First of all, Rufio is the best. <laughs> can all agree on Rufio. <laughs> It is so, true. That's why I was like, I do like that Hellspawn. I gotta, I I've gotta, gotta give up something big. I've gotta do a trade for someone else. My mom is actually a big Peter Pan fan, so I want to get the Peter Pan the play card for her. How about Scoliosis Man? <laughs> I will take Mr. Scoliosis. Hey, there we go. Good work. All right. Well traded. So you can listen to Aristotle on the Meltcast on iTunes. It's a part of the Meltdown comics podcast network thank you so much aristotle for uh, hanging out thank you for having without a doubt (laughs) this was a lot of fun rufio 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 Rufio. (laughs) or something (laughs) etc Two Packs a Week was produced and engineered by Mason Booker. Opening theme by Matt Myers. Break music by Lee Rosevere. Logo by Kenny Kyle. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Twitter at Two Packs a Week. That's T-W-O. And me at Jeffrey Golden. That's Jeffrey with the G. Special thanks to Meltdown Comics at 7522 Sunset. I left a bunch of these cards at the store for y'all to take. I'm your host, Jeffrey Golden. Hey, be good to each other. One more. Okay, great. And it's a lady with a gun. Oh, it's shooting lasers, but I also just noticed that she's got like these four, not exactly arms, but 
like something on her back that are also shooting lasers. <laughs> That's a gem-filled outfit. <laughs> I'm going to guess her name is Laser Tag. It is 1993. Laser Tag. How'd I do? That'd be a really good one. And it's kind of close. Oh? Matrix. Matrix, yeah, that's about right. And for all her ambition, Zena Ramos was just another congressional aide until she uncovered <laughs> the secret branch of the National Security Council, the Penumbra? Penumbra uh, Bread, the conspiratorial company the, the, that also serves you <laughs> delicious sandwiches. Forcing them to admit her as an agent, she underwent an experimental process, the Matrix Operation. <laughs> Though all other attempts had ended in the death of the volunteer, this time the operation succeeded and Ramos found herself the proud owner of a steel endoskeleton, a hynostrobe, and four retractable laser-firing arms. <laughs> I wish she had gotten it at the prices right. <laughs> it's like, you're the proud owner of an endoskeleton. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Plus, plus, plus. Like, this endoskeleton valued at $2 billion is the ultimate laser fighting suit. It normally kills its host, <laughs> but we'll see how you fare. <laughs> <laughs> Spay and neuter your pets.